Alexandria College Technical and Community Professional Truck Driver. Jason and Tom back with you again. How you doing? How you doing? Hey Tom, thanks for having me back here. Um, why don't you start us off this week? We had uh, a guest and this week's guest was? Henry's. Henry's Foods out of Alexandria. Shout out to Henry's. Uh, those guys were nice enough to come down here and help us out with uh, doubles, hooking up doubles, hooking up the dolly, showing us the ins and outs of how that system works. Worked out pretty nice. Yeah, we have a, a set of doubles here at the at the campus. However, they're pretty old, and uh, we kind of wanted to form that relationship over there with Henry's and Solidify. We've worked with them in the past, but it's nice to keep our relationship going. And uh, they were their equipment's nice and new. They use it every day. Or our equipment. Um, we don't pull doubles every day. We have them sitting here, you know, for demonstration and kind of for use, but not like the kind of use like they get, like they should have driven down the road all the time. And I saw the age on our dolly. She's pretty old. 1983 model we have. Yeah, so. we talked about that last week a little bit and has the bud we- or the California wheels on it. And yeah, it's pretty old. Um, She's kind of a dinosaur, but Henry's came in and, and hooked us up with, with uh, the way it's supposed to look, the way it's supposed to happen. And classes out there it didn't take them long half an hour to kind of show us what the ins and outs were but again, it was pretty quick wasn't it yeah I, I had to take off and go to the dentist so i missed a good portion of it but uh it was probably 10 minutes 15 minutes or so yeah again henry's was was good enough to come and do that and uh they'll come back next semester too so that's yeah. all a good thing henry's caters to uh, mostly convenience stores and gas stations uh smaller entities like that which is why they have the doubles they uh they can unhook and get into those tight spots a little bit better. Yeah. So again, thanks. Thanks to Henry's. Uh, this week we want to talk about what we're doing and some of the things that we've seen and, and some of the things that we've done. So we moved into, well, don't get me wrong here. We, we're still driving, but we did move into uh, trip planning was one of the biggest uh, segments that we moved into. And uh, we first hit the Minnesota Gazetteer, where we learn about, you know, every, well, the Gazetteer shows every road in the state, but we learned the differences between interstates, U.S. highways, um, state highways, county roads. Um, went over some road restrictions, and uh, they had a pretty comprehensive assignment after that, something that a GPS simply wouldn't work for. Unfortunately for my students, uh, I work road construction in the summers, and there is no GPS coordinate to get you to the middle of somewhere. So this assignment focused around uh, being 100% able to read that gazetteer. We moved into the U.S. map after that, talked about interstates, how to crisscross the country, um, all the information that's in an atlas. Uh, you can get a lot of the stuff I know they can Google, but I make them dig through the atlas and get pretty familiar with it. And um, this all leads up to, we have a couple good two or three solid days of that, but it leads up to that Atlanta project that we had talked about before. And Tom, you, you did the Atlanta yeah, the Atlanta yeah. Project. they're all sweating bullets on the Atlanta project because there's only limited time left for them to get that turned in. And we talked about the Atlanta project a little bit already. And, you know, most of them, they like that GPS. It is really hard to get some of this younger generation onto a map and focus that direction when they're so used to, you know, having that phone in their hand and uh, how dependent they, they become on it. But uh, most of them, I think, are getting it pretty well. You know, reading it, how do they come in with the assignments? Does that seem to be working uh, gra- for them? Or? Grading the assignments, and I just finished grading them a few minutes before we started the podcast here. They're, the Minnesota Gazetteer assignment was really challenging for them, really challenging, and grades reflected that. Um, I think they were getting it, but I also think that uh, we probably need to revisit it a little bit. 
the U.S. maps, the Atlas stuff that we did, the grades on that were pretty good. Well, uh, everybody over 80% on that. So like eight scores were over 80%. So that's good. That means everybody's passing. I think it was easier for guys like us because we kind of grew up with geography and maps and those types of things. And uh, I, me personally, for as a kid, I liked doing that. It was just neat, you know, kind of following the path of the road and, and learning what the signs meant. And then I knew early on that even numbers were west and east and you know, odd numbers were north and south. And so it's kind of neat watching this new generation learn that stuff. Yeah, it's funny the things that they don't know that we take for granted. And I did the same thing. I like maps, just like reading them. And um, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of what the new generation is, the newest generation. They're all about getting that GPS and they can't really go anywhere without it. And I'm more of a map. I got to have the map or I can't go anywhere without it. I'm just better at judging my distances by looking at that map. But that's something I've been looking at for a while. Yeah. So. We have one gal in class, and her dad was a truck driver. He's retired now, but we were talking about that on the way out on our trip that we were on today. She says that he still has a flip phone. Never even, never got a smartphone, won't get a smartphone, <laughs> and he's still old school, has the Atlas in there. He's got the Gazetteer in his truck, and just that's that's how he ended off his career. So I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So trip planning was probably the biggest thing that we did throughout last week, and we also got into resume building. Uh, these guys, th this is not a writing class, and I don't intend to make it one, but they are required to write a resume. So we went over the particulars. We've got kind of a, a cue card for, for the students to buy out of our bookstore. And so that really does well with telling them what they, you know, what you need to wear for an interview, how to write a resume, what you should list first, uh, your strengths, and, um, you know, simple things like a firm handshake and look someone in the eyes, that kind of stuff. Uh, but we did go over resumes kind of in depth, and uh, today they were, well, they're actually due on Friday. They got them back today, and they'll have another rendition due tomorrow, and they'll get a third and final copy ready for Thursday. On Thursday, we're going to do mock interviews, so they should have a well-buttoned-up resume by by this coming Thursday. One question that was raised, um, are we videotaping or audiotaping these interviews? No, we're not. Okay. Nope. So the resumes and the interview process will go on this, this Thursday, and we have some uh, guests, guests coming in to help us with that. So that is, uh, that's kind of what the big burner thing is. We're moving into, from there, we're moving into uh, load securement, and um, we've got a tractor that we're going to move to the next little town about 10, 15 miles away. And so we've got a tractor to, to secure, drop that off with our low boy, hook up another tractor and bring bring one back. You know that low boy started on one pole? That's what I was it, told. It just started right up and it's had been, how long was it sitting there? At least the whole semester, right? I'm sure it's been sitting there six months easy. Yeah. Yep. We've got several trailers here, but the, like some of them just don't get moved that often because we're not a company. You know, the, we, we go on the whim of the students or the needs of the like the school. So this little boy sat there for probably had to be at least six or eight months. Yeah. Bad gas and everything. Fired, <laughs> fired right off. I was surprised. Andy was happy. Yeah, I'm sure. So from last week, we're now sitting at 15 students passed. Uh, we've got four left. And of those four, they have all passed their pre-trip inspection, and we need them to get past the driving. So they all took the test and failed driving, but I can tell you that they didn't fail by much. They were really, really close. And so we're looking forward to getting them back in, uh, tested, run through, and, and hopefully with licenses here. They all 
Well, for sure, three of the four of them will test next week, and I'm still waiting on a date for our fourth. I think I think two or three out of the, that four, it was the 90 degree that kind of sunk them, wasn't it? I think yeah. so, and then one of them parked in front of a fire hydrant. Right. Yep. 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 That, and that was the uphill, downhill. So yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. we always kind of teach, uh, you know, if you're if you're going to park on a on a hill and you're facing upwards, kind of do that as a up, up and away, so that your steering wheel is turned all the way to the outside. And of course, if you're going down the opposite direction, your steering wheel will be turned on the inside. But the examiner usually just picks a spot, says, "Here, pull over here, and I want you to park uphill." Well, he always picks the spot right next to that dang fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this person was thinking to park in front of it. Maybe they just want to get the trailer straight. But either way, another chance for next week. So yep. we should be we should be looking good. Even getting that pre-trip over with is a major stress reducer when all they have to do now is show up and drive. So They do have to take their uh, braking sequence again, in-cab brake. Yep, Check, they'll so. have to do that over, but the pre-trip, other than that, is is a thing that's done. So um, today was interesting. So we had a little drive today. Um, it was a very simple drive, something I would consider very simple, and the rest of you drivers would probably consider very, very basic. Uh, we left our school. We we got on a, a county road that parallels I-94. I don't want them. I mean, being on the interstate's fine, but I don't want the complete interstate because anybody can drive drive a hold the steering wheel and drive the truck. Um, I want them to be thinking and seeing and doing and shifting. So this road parallels the interstate. It has uh, exactly one turn. And then uh, later on, we would mate with the interstate and finish our trip up to a little truck stop, uh, maybe 20 miles of interstate running. And so that's what we left with today. We did, did our briefing in the morning, uh, established our route with the whole class in the morning, and uh, went out, did pre-trips, hooked up trailers, staged everybody and and got set to go and we went so we had how many trucks do we have today tom is seven eight trucks eight, eight trucks yep. eight trucks in total out today um as i said we got one turn about halfway through our trip and that would be the one turn that they didn't make <laughs> so same, same road you just have to take a right to stay on the same county road is all yep yeah the county i'm sure you drivers know how county roads are this county road you know, turns to stay on that particular, you know, highway. And they missed it. Matter of fact, they didn't miss it. Um, they turned it, it, the road turns to the right. And I said, hey, your turn's coming up. And my guy turned to the left. <laughs> and that's where we went. So I had one truck follow me because follow the leader. And then I looked in my mirror and three more trucks blew right past the turn. They didn't turn left or right. And um, I missed that part. So you guys went up towards Kensington then instead of up towards Ashby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. I've never been up that road, so, so I don't know where you can turn around or nothing, looking, but I'm sure you found it. Looking at the GPS, I saw that it would mate with the interstate, but there was no on-ramp, so we were going to have to get turned around. So we went up the road a piece, found somewhere to turn around. It was, it's a quiet country road in, in the middle of, you know, kind of cow country here in Minnesota, so there's not much for traffic going on. But we got out there, uh, found a good spot to turn around, and, and did. We're now all discombobulated because I got two trucks with me and other three trucks running around. Somebody else is somewhere else, and Tom was way behind us because they had a flat tire this morning. So we were kind of uh, kind of a mess. But we all knew the end goal, and that was a little truck stop up, up the highway in a little town called Rothsay, Minnesota. And I'll definitely give those guys a shout-out at Rothsay. They make the best pie. They're an old-school truck stop, good portions, not much money. 
And if they got their pies out there, have some pie. So the lesson was, and I was pretty upset. I, I was. I was pretty upset that we missed the one and only turn. We just had map reading class. There's literally one turn on this route, and they missed it. And I wasn't real thrilled. But I'm a teacher, so I had to maintain you know, a level of professionalism and, and being calm. And I turned that into a learning point. So uh, while we went to that truck stop and we kind of broke for lunch and then we drove back, tomorrow morning we're definitely going to hit the, the learning queue on uh, on paying attention to signs and, and you know, how, how costly mistakes like that can be. Because when I did turn around, we had to go underneath the interstate. And I did not know if that bridge was going to be 13-6 or not. I mean, we we were literally in a pretty bad spot. So, uh, luckily, we fit under there. But again, they gotta pay attention to stuff like that. How many trucks did you have behind you? I had myself and one behind me. Okay, because I I received one text message and a phone call from two other trucks that missed that same turn, but they didn't take the left you took. They went forward, mm-hmm. and that that would also run into the interstate. Which so they called and texted me, hey. We missed our turn. Is it okay? We can just go right to the interstate and just head up the interstate. Yeah, like, yeah. Which they did. So they did yeah. that. And then what's funny is we got going up the interstate and passed the truck stop on in route to the one we were going to. And there's one of our trucks parked up there. Like, what What are you what, guys doing? Wasn't on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the the point is though that we can all make mistakes. These guys are learning, and we're we're in the middle of teaching them. They are not seasoned drivers. Um, if that was a seasoned driver that missed that turn, the conversation might be different. But these guys are new, fresh out of map reading class, no GPS to look at, no turn-by-turn directions, so uh, mistakes will happen. I've done it. I have. I, you know, you get on the phone and you got somebody in your ear. You know, I got Bluetooth, so I'm I'm talking, and it's one of my one of my cohorts, the guy that trained me in, and I pass Sock Center and. I was supposed to turn there, and I'm thinking I'm going back to the yard, which was which would be the next exit past there at the Osakis exit. I completely pass Sox Center. There's no place to turn around, so I figure, all right, well, I'll just make it all the way to the Osakis exit, and I'll take 27 on in. No harm, no foul. Yapping, yapping, yapping. Lo and behold, I missed the second exit. The Osakis exit had to go all the way up to Alexandria, turn back around, and then come back back so I could get to Long Prairie again, which was just completely embarrassing. I shouldn't even be telling that story right now. <laughs> but that is uh, what distracted driving can do. And I'm sure they these guys today uh, and gals had a little bit of distracted driving going on because there's conversations being held. And of course, one is supposed to co-pilot, the other one's supposed to drive. Um, you know, if they're checking their map and they're checking their GPS, um, you know, the other one's supposed to let them know, okay, your turn's coming up kind of thing. But it's uh it, it can be done i've done it i'm sure jason's probably done it too but it's, i've never uh, done it you've never done it and that <laughs> explains why he was professionally upset today about that. <laughs> um, i certainly have and when i started trucking there was no gps and i grew up without a gps and reading maps sometimes is is um it's, it can be tricky i've certainly had my share of a, of a learning curve i think like any driver would but I do recall the time I was lost in downtown Pittsburgh. Or no, Philadelphia. 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 Okay. That's yep. what I, the word I was looking for. Yep. Lost in downtown Philadelphia, and I'm telling you what, I was on roads that a truck should not be on, and I was in a neighborhood that I did not belong in. There was no trucks. There was, it was 100% residential, and it was, 
a hundred percent non whatever non but non becoming to having me down in that area that was not not a good thing um but yeah I've, I've certainly made mistakes yep so one of the other things we did uh this week actually we finished up on it today we started a, a maybe a week ago on sliding axles and how to transfer weight how much a notch will move on a fifth wheel how much a notch or you know a few notches will move on the trailer uh, we went through some in-class exercises on that and then we uh, follow up with some homework and today we got around to doing it practical wise so we brought a truck in the shop with a trailer and um, well first we showed some some movie clips on how this is supposed to work and then we got out in the shop and, and did it ourselves so we were able to slide you know see that practice done and again I, I know as a seasoned season driver you this poses no mystery to you probably something you do a couple times a week uh, but for a brand new um, never seen it done before, you know, student, this is, this is part of the course, right? This is something we have to teach them or they don't know anything about it. So we worked on sliding axles today and, um, that's, that's the kind of, that's the hard part I have about some of these four week driving schools. You know, they have four weeks to teach the test, driving test, permit test, and, and the pre-trip test. And I just really, those things alone, I have no idea how they really can get through that in four weeks, let alone all of the other things that we teach. Kind of glad you brought it up, Tom. Uh, we were there at the testing center local to us. I, I was there on Friday. And one of those schools was there, one of those four-week schools. And I just have such a hard time with those guys because I don't know that I could get our drivers to do this in four weeks. They can barely drive, barely back up. Not, I don't mean bang a 90 out or a, or a offset. I mean barely back up. Some of them have the skills, but those that those that don't, we've we worked with one of our guys three or four weeks to get him to back straight. I mean, granted, he needed quite a bit of work, but, I mean, we did. We had to work with him. These four-week schools, I don't know how they get away with this. They charge a, a tremendous amount in tuition. I talked to the guy that was down there. I didn't want to talk to him too much, but want to get some of their facts and he told me they have one week in the classroom and three weeks that they drive that's it they got three weeks of driving and one week in the classroom i don't so see how that's possible that's i mean just, how, what's that's crazy we go over tremendous amount of material in 16 weeks you know we start off with a, a permit and that that alone will take probably a week in teaching and we still have people that go there and fail it it's not like i teach it then they go there and ace it I teach it. They highlight, you know, the words and they read the book and then they, I got a, there's an app they can go on and use the app and they still fail it, you know? No, pre-trips alone, that's, that's a whole nother week at least oh, to I, dial it in. I mean, at least a week. So we're, we're talking about permits and pre-trips and the other things that we do. We extensively train on logs. After about the third or fourth week in class, we start introducing logs and log books and that's something that they keep up until the last day of school we just talked about sliding axles you know we the, the pre-trip is a major part of this that's half your test endorsements we teach in, big one. yeah we teach the endorsements um the map reading and trip planning we've got another uh, the the preliminary stuff on that is a week long let alone the uh you know once you learn it then then we make you use it every day because we do trips every day so they do that then the atlanta trip which is their big I don't want to call it their final, but that's the the major project of the semester. I mean, we have other bells and whistles that technically, you know, 
could apply to what we do, but I mean, it just well what makes the the outcome of that student uh, a lot more well-rounded and defined. But we're talking like forklift training, resumes, CPR class. Right. Yeah, I was going to say they have the, the the first aid class, which is CPR plus a lot more. Our guy, our right. guy over there, I think we mentioned him last week. He's great. Yeah, we did. Yep. You know, so now those things I can understand. They'd maybe cut that out. There's just not enough time. But the other we're things were just days. fundamental type you know, things to be a professional truck driver. Right. Our forklift class is one day. Our CPR class, first aid class, that's one day. Our resumes, is gonna, it'll last a few days because of proofreading and rewriting. But we're talking like a week's worth of time cumulative for all the stuff that is, I don't want to call it fluff, but the stuff that makes them a more well-rounded person. Well, now, granted, we have these last three weeks. So we have four more, like you said, to finish testing. So we have these last few weeks and we're doing a lot of trip uh, trips. Yep. The fun part, as we'd say. So, of course, they would cut that out of their program altogether. There's no fun. There's no oh, trips. There's, no there's trips. you know, nothing like that. They they have to. I mean, I just don't see it any other way. They must teach directly to the test. Right. Here's how you make this corner. Not every corner. Just the one on your test. You know, here's here's how you basically, here's the words, and here's what you do, and here's what you say to pass the test. That doesn't make them a driver. It makes them a steering wheel holder. That's exactly what we're all against. I mean, do you think there's a time and a place for that short of a program? I mean, you have you have the person out there that's trying to put food on the table. They they can't have X amount of time off. They can't have 16 weeks off to come in and complete our course. So do you think there's just that segment of people that they look at four weeks and they say, yeah, I can do that in four. I'm going to just knock it out and then I can start providing better. I mean, well, it's funny. I think people do like look at it like that until they get to a place like this and go oh my gosh look at how much stuff there is to learn i think people think i think the general consensus is that a semi is going to shift gears like a like an old f-150 pickup you know a synchronized transmission just with more gears and that basically anybody can do it the trailer's just a little bit longer and that's not it at all you know not not even close that's hardly a steering wheel holder right right so, I mean, you, less, you listeners know these aren't synchronized transmissions. And at our, at our school, we don't have automatics like, at all. We just make a well-rounded product. You know, we've got many, many challenges for these guys to make a good entry-level driver. From a company point of view, somebody that was looking to hire one of our students, I guess I would be looking at it as a business standpoint of investment. How much investment do I need to make into this individual that came out of a four-week program versus one that came out of your 16-week program? And and what does that investment look like in the eyes of the insurance company as well? Right. We're well, we are well-received throughout the industry on what we're doing, and as, as we well should be. We put a lot of effort into this. Those four-week programs, I, they're barely, barely drivers, barely insurable. The place that we're talking about, I don't even know if they have a stick, a manual transmission. That's so. that's the only thing I could really think of that makes that go better is they're, you know, they have the restriction on those licenses for, you know. Maybe that's how they do it. They don't have to learn how to shift. All I got to worry about in that case would r- truly be the backing and the pre-trip because anybody can drive the truck. You know, I'm sure they got the axle slid all the way up and they make it easy. Shifting takes a bit. It really does. Even after graduating this class, it's going to take you another two weeks, three weeks, some people maybe even a month to round that out to a point where they can just put it right into the right gear and still roll through that stoplight. Oh, yeah, light, I, yeah I don't know when you quit learning on that. I mean, yeah. eventually it just gets so smooth that it's second nature, kind of like riding a bike, but right. there's certainly a time for scratching gears. I've always said for every every different truck that I've gotten into in my life, 
you know, I've, I've had many, you know, different, different trucks, different transmissions. Um, I've had, I've first place I worked for, we had nine speed later on in that company. They gave me a super 10. Um, after that, I drove a 13 speed. I drove different, you know, different trucks for that company. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is it took, it took me one trip through Chicago. That's when I got through the other end of Chicago, I could shift whatever I was shifting pretty smooth. (laughs) But if you have several hours of constantly, you know, stop and go traffic, I mean, you know, that'll, there's nothing better to learn. Learn you real quick, right? (laughs) So Tom, I see you sitting on the other side of the table here with a news article in front of you. Why don't you tell us what that's about? Yeah. Did you see who our president picked for the FMCSA uh, administrator? I didn't. Recently. This is new to me. No, she seems like a nice gal. Her name is Mira Joshi. Uh, so she is now head of the FMCSA. Um, they define all of our parameters for what we do in this industry. The part that I found kind of interesting is where she came from was uh, New York City's Taxi and Limousine Commission. And I just... I Are had you to kidding s- me? I, uh, I had to set this aside because... <laughs> I mean, she's got a little bit more to it than that, so I don't want to be facetious, but it says uh, she has also served as Inspector General for New York City Department of Corrections. Eh, okay. Uh, but also General Manager for the New York the New York Office of Sam Schwartz Transportation Consultants. Oh. I don't I don't know I didn't look up what Sam Schwartz Transportation Consultants do. But between the uh, corrections uh, Department of Corrections and and that last item I just mentioned, and then well, the being that she was an Uber driver, I don't know how qualified <laughs> she was. What did you say she was? Taxi and Ta- limousines. Yes, yep. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it so everybody hears it one more time. Prior to serving as acting administrator, Joshi served as chair and CEO of the New York City Taxi and Limousine Commission. Huh. I'm going to name my truck a limousine. <laughs> I can be an Uber driver and do the same things. I, I don't, her, her qualifications and credentials are impressive. Uh, however, I don't know that they are the qualifications we need to be heading the country on the um, regulations that bind us all as drivers. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to, um, clearly we're not a political podcast, nor do we want to be. Um, just that this is new and, and relevant news to our industry. And like I said, it, it's interesting the, the pick that she was with the qualifications that she has. Yeah, I agree. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to share that quick. I'm not sure what our listeners might think of that, but, you know, give us an email. Um, give us some feedback on that. Definitely an interesting topic of discussion. But I thought I'd leave off on one, one more quick note. Uh, there was a Facebook post. I'm not sure if you saw this in your feed or not. Uh, Alabama Police Department asks for tips about truck hauling 400 cases of cores. <laughs> this uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? I'm sure it sounds familiar to a lot of people. So this is what their post read. Last night, Heflin police officers stopped this 18-wheeler. The driver identified himself as the snowman and stated that he was en route to Atlanta, Georgia, a check of his DOT logbook showed that he had just recently left Atlanta and traveled to Texarkana, Texas in a very short amount of time. Officers gained consent to search the trailer and found 400 cases of Coors beer. It all seemed very suspicious, especially since some kind of sports car kept zipping around the area doing burnouts and revving its motor up 
during the entire traffic stop in an apparent effort to distract the officers. If you have any information about this 18-wheeler, the driver, or any criminal activity this truck may be involved in, please leave a comment below. So I'm looking at this picture here, and it's, you know, it's recent, and they have this truck pulled over, and I'm going to just turn it over. I know we're on radio here, so you can't really see, but I'm going to turn it over so Jason can take a peek at it there. What do you see there, Jason? <laughs> it looks pretty familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks an awful lot like a Smokey and the Bandit truck over there. Yeah, that's classic snowman trailer yeah. right there with the Western <laughs> scene on it and everything. I just thought that was kind of funny that they put a post up there like that because, you know, I have seen a trailer like that since I've been driving, I don't know, 10, 15 times. And I don't know if it's on the same truck. I'm sure there's multiple trailers like that that are out there. But I just thought that was a pretty neat story. So I want to throw that in there at the tail end and... You know, anybody else see the snowman or the bandit out there? <laughs> Give us a shout. Well, Tom, I think we wrapped up another podcast. To the listeners, I'd like to thank you for listening. Please uh, share with your friends about our podcast. We'd like to get our brand out there and our word. Yep. We think the more uh, the more people that hear about us and, and realize the good things that we're doing here, um, the better off we're all going to be. You know, maybe we can do something um, more and more positive with our school, and maybe we can get some of those four-week fly-by-night um, don't teach them nothing but how to hold the steering wheel schools and you know maybe we can get some of them shut down maybe uh, what was her name Mira Joshi Mira, Mira Joshi can get some of these things shut down with her taxi service <laughs> so if anybody has a comment or concern or questions and things like that you can always write in to us we are professional truck driver at alextech.edu professional truck driver at alextech.edu you can also find us on youtube alexandria technical and community college and then of course our facebook page professional truck driver so that was episode six and we'll have another one for you guys next week huh right jason sounds good tom <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you later everybody have a good one